What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode three of the Meme Goofin' Podcast. You're still here, I'm still here, and I appreciate it. This week, I had on my guy Kazim, the host of Say Less with Kaz. You've also probably seen him in your favorite publication or on your favorite network because my guy is everywhere. I also spoke with random Twitter follower Sam Shells and interviewed her for a job on the spot. Let's stop wasting time and get into it. All right. So first question, you know, everyone that I've been asking everyone, we're all in quarantine. We're all doing this, doing that. How you doing? You doing all right? Uh, all things considered, I feel like you got to preface it with the all things considered because Always. Uh, you know, the world is crazy right now. But, you know, uh, family's good. Family's healthy. Uh, my girl's good. I'm good. The dog's good. Um, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Just kind of control where you can control. So um, other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay is a better word to go with. I think there's nothing wrong with okay. I've been shooting for okay. I'm currently at okay. So I don't think there's yeah. absolutely anything wrong with that at all. How much is your like day-to-day changed? Because I know you're someone, you're kind of all over the place. You bounce around. So like how much of that, like, did you do a lot of work from home already? Like, how's that been? Well, yeah, you know, it's funny. I mean, uh, once this whole thing kind of started, it couldn't have actually came at a worse time because, oh, wow. uh, you know, I, most of my stuff, most of my time was spent working on Flagrant 2. And then uh, when that split kind of happened, I was kind of counting on, uh, you know, stuff at Revolt with my show Cause and Effect. And a mm-hmm. lot of that is based on like live sporting events, like being at yeah. the All-Star Game or being at Super Bowl or being at the X Games. And now that there's no live sporting events, you know, yeah, like you're home a lot now. So um, at this point, I just kind of uh, feel like my day to day has changed a lot. You know, I I had to kind of make a new routine for myself so um, I could continue to be busy and productive. And that's where my new podcast, Say Less With Kaz, kind of uh, started taking off where, you know, uh, usually you kind of got to study people's behavioral patterns. And I knew that my podcast listening uh, audience came from a lot of working class people or people in offices that were on their way to to their job or had mm-hmm. a few minutes to, to kill. And now I know there aren't a ton of people on their way to their offices, on the way to their jobs. Uh, they'll need something every day. So, um, you know, I try to drop something at least four to five times a week with somebody nice. very interesting, whether it's uh, somebody in the music space, sports space, um the industry any of that stuff so um it was just all about really finding a new normal and new sort of routine to keep myself busy absolutely so to backtrack to go like way back here so we're both suny guys both went to suny schools there's i mean the suny system yeah the suny system (laughs) i have a i have a cousin that played soccer at purchase actually um yeah but i there's, I mean, the SUNY system is great. I love it. I loved my college experience, but there's not like a ton of us out there. It seems like in the media space, like I don't come across the SUNY, the SUNY name every once in a like very often. It's it's much more of a every once in a while thing. So, so let's bring it all the way back. Like, what went into your choice to like go to a SUNY school? What brought you there? What brought you to purchase? So it's funny. Uh, I, I played basketball most of my uh, life, and uh, I was originally at a Division two college called Dominican College in okay. uh, Orange County in uh, New York state for my first two years. I was there on scholarship and playing, but not playing as much as I'd like to, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but my, my dumb self was like, oh, let me go somewhere I could play and just give up all this scholarship money because I love the of game course. so much, which was like kind of dumb in hindsight. But now I look back at it and it was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made because it landed me at uh, SUNY Purchase. And when I got to Purchase, 
I felt like, uh, you know, D.C., Dominican College was very sports heavy and it was very small private mm -hmm. school. And I didn't really think I was getting the full life experience that I would have got at a more public sort of school. So when I got to SUNY Purchase, I feel like my world landscape kind of opened up a little bit and while I was at DC I started as like a business managing uh, a startup with a business management as my um, major um, once I got to purchase uh, obviously anybody who knows of purchase knows it's like a very big artsy farty school yeah. keep purchase weird is their uh, slogan because it is a very 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 weird uh, school to go to and a very weird college to go to but um, their liberal arts program their uh, journalism uh, programs and especially like you know, anybody who's just is, is very creative, it's a great place to go to. Um, so I met a lot of my, uh, I, I, was, I was, it's funny, like, I, I've always just been a big fan of Slam Magazine. And uh, yeah. I got to end up working with them for a couple of months. Uh, and, and still have a pretty good working relationship with them now. Uh, but, you know, Slam was was my Bible. The Source and XXLs were my Bibles. And I've always yeah. wanted to write in one of these magazines and you know be like the guy putting the covers together and putting the whole issues together so i was like all right i gotta figure out a way to do that let me do journalism and you know my my journalism professors were some of the most you know incredible minds uh, in, in journalism that you can ever be around mary ellis williams who was my head professor and one mm -hmm. of the first people who really told me that i could really be good at this she like and I'm telling you, like, her accolades are, like, no joke. Like, she media trained, like, Barack Obama when he was running for oh, man. senator. Like, she was the first female anchor at CNN. Like, she's, like, real big shit. And, you know, she was really the first person to really tell me, like, yo, you can do this. Like, you're really talented. You are you have a, a charisma about yourself. You carry yourself well. You speak well. Like, you write extremely well. Like, you can really do this. So, um, while I had business marketing as a minor, I kept journalism as my major just because mm -hmm. I felt that this was my path. And uh, while playing basketball, you know, the hoop dream started to kind of fade away. And it was like, yeah. okay, uh, I had like two offers after college. One was to play for like this knockoff, like Harlem Globetrotters sort okay. of team called the Harlem Wizards. Which, oh, my God. Like, yeah, my dad's so a could... my dad's a teacher in Putnam. Yeah, he retired recently, but was a teacher in Putnam County. I watched his school and like the teachers play against the Harlem Wizards when I was no, a little what? kid. All right, so, yeah, so, so it's funny you say that. Yeah, so, so, so whole people. <laughs> so let me tell you this, right? So the yeah. Harlem Wizards, the the way they they got in touch with me is because during that summer, going from my junior year to my senior year at Purchase, I was working at a day camp, uh, mm -hmm. Staten Island day camp. And, uh, you know, we, we were the counselors and they brought the Harlem Wizards in to like, yeah. you know, play us and like make fools of us and stuff like that. But like, I was going super hard. Gave so, like, them buckets? I caught, like, yes. I caught like eight dunks that game. Yes. <laughs> like, just, just going nuts. And like literally right after the game, um, the coach uh, had an offer for me. It was like, hey, listen, wow. like, you're on the road with us or... I'm like, you know, I can't come right now. I'm still in school and I didn't want to give up my, you know, eligibility to be a professional, which is, again, super dumb in, 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 in hindsight, <laughs> but, you know, still wants to graduate and stuff like that. And um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, so that turns me back to, in addition to uh, the hoop dreams fading away and having that yeah. one offer and having a half offer to go to like Turkey and possibly make a team. I was like, you know, what? I need to figure out something to do with my life. Uh, and journalism was that, and um, that's kind of what what brought me there. And I, I loved SUNY, man. I had the most yeah. fun I've ever had over there. 
And I think that's funny too. And something, cause I've like, I was lucky enough that this past year when I was still at sports illustrated, like Plattsburgh, SUNY Plattsburgh brought me back to kind of speak to some students and stuff. And mm. I looked at some other, I wasn't, I, I played lacrosse in high school, but like, I wasn't ever looking to play college sports. So I really was looking for that just like curriculum based place to try to find. And, you know, I went on tours of Syracuse and Ithaca and Quinnipiac. And while those are all amazing programs, I knew I could step into one of these SUNY schools and like really start doing work right away. And that was something that was really appealing to me because I, at uh, like Syracuse, for example, like, yeah, maybe by like your junior or senior year, you could really start like getting into the thick of like being on the production staff and doing this stuff. And I stepped in with no writing experience really outside of essays in high school and was managing editor, like busted my ass, mind you, but was man- sports editor and then managing editor of my college newspaper within a couple of years. So I nice. think that's a big thing too. And I mean, I had a, my advisor, similar, like you said, senior writer at ESPN, the magazine, this guy, Luke Cyphers, like a lot, I think a lot of people, I think professors gravitate towards these SUNY schools the same way that like some ambitious students do. And they realize like the impact you can have on the smaller scale and they just roll with it. And it's just, it's incredible, honestly. And yeah. I find it interesting too, what you said about journalism, because that's kind of how I pictured my kind of path into journalism too, is I saw something I loved and I'm like, how do I get there? Rather than going into a program and then kind of climbing, I was like, this is where I want to work. Let me work towards it. I fell ass backwards into a job at Sports <laughs> Illustrated, which was my dream job. Like yeah. as, to work for Sports Illustrated was my dream, not necessarily in a social media capacity. Like I was, yeah. I, I did some writing when I was there. No, um, I, I but, was similar to yeah. that, man. Like, so I had a, I actually got an internship that same summer while I was uh, playing for the mm-hmm. playing at, at day camps and stuff like that. I got an internship at the Source magazine, and yeah. that was my dream job because I wanted to be like, oh, I wanted to be the editor in chief one day. I wanted to be guy, the yeah. guy who gave out the five mics and do the Source Sports and bring the Source Awards back. And you know, at the time, obviously, the Source magazine wasn't like where it was at its heyday uh-huh. because you know of everything that went on with them but you know my dream was to like get there and bring it back to its heyday so getting that internship and then like eventually getting hired uh before i graduated was like a dream come true so once Mm -hmm. i got out of purchase my like last i had one last semester to finish one half a semester to finish um after my senior year so i was still there and half half of the days like oh i had nothing but night classes half the Mm -hmm. days i would fucking commute from what where's where's purchase and in, in, uh, anyway floats downstate. in that westchester zone yeah like not, is it upstate is it not yet it's in that right yeah. right so i was i was i was literally traveling from westchester to wall street in downtown manhattan every day to yeah. get to the source magazine to get to you know write stories pitch stories do the the bitch work whether that's uh you know Mm -hmm. transcribing videos or transcribing audio or any of that type of stuff and did that for about like an entire semester before um I, i i was hired and once i did get hired man i just felt like you know school was just a cool place for me to go to while i'd go do my cool adult job yeah and come back and i've just kind of been rolling ever since yeah so i feel like like to put in context like i remember in college i read some article and it said i'm not that far removed from college i was in college three years ago but in in college i read an article that said like millennials or people getting into the workplace workforce right now will work at 10 different places 12 different places and to me at the time i mean my dad was a teacher in the same school district for 30 something years my mom was a school nurse in the same school district for my entire childhood i feel like you kind of embody this you've uh, you've been everywhere like if you look you up look you on linkedin you've been all over the place so Mm -hmm. is that kind of your intention like where did that kind of like just 
picking the right opportunity at the right time. I'm just interested in hearing about that because I didn't think I'd be that person. And now I've worked at three different companies in the last two years. So I kind of feel it myself. Well, I would say uh, when it comes to just working at all the places I, I've been at, um, I've never really tried to get too comfortable. And I've always, and a guy by the name Hanif, who I worked with in, at the source when I was like mm-hmm. super young, said, make sure that people are with you for you and not for where you work at, right? Absolutely. So, um, you know, just being able to be at such, such like incredible places to work at, just kind of cut my flexibility. Um, obviously when I got in there, you know, when I first got into the, uh, the building at the source magazine, I was like, you know, I'm gonna be here for 20 years and we're going to yeah. bring this thing and, and make it the, the biggest thing in the world. And then you get slap at reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, you also remember that we are the children of, uh, the recession and yeah. two now, if you think of what we're going on, going through right yeah. now, you know, like just the, the, the entire financial structure of this, co- of this country has just been so fragile for so long that, um, you know, a lot of times you got to kind of take care of yourself and knowing that those companies are going to take care of themselves as well before, you know, anything of the sort would ever come up. So, um, that was kind of a by design for me, man. Like I was somebody who had a music interest. So a lot of my early career work uh, had to do with working in, you know, music magazines and music publications and doing stuff like that. But I, I was a hooper at heart. I love basketball. Yeah. And I interviewed a lot of basketball players and came up with a lot of basketball players. I went to St. Patrick High School, which is like mm-hmm. a super prestigious high school basketball program. They're the Patrick School now. But, yeah. uh, you know, they put a ton of NBA players in the league. And, you know, I've played against a ton of NBA players growing up. So, like, I just always knew, you know, that, uh, that world of whether it's the AAU circuit or the traveling circuit or just high school ball, college ball, the NBA – it always fascinated me. So, um, like after like the first half of my twenties, I was like, you know, I kind of want to, you know, shift my gears to more sports related mm-hmm. stuff, knowing that I could speak to sports in a different sort of, uh, you know, language, you know, yeah. like I kind of feel like I had my idols that I looked up to already. I had the Stuart Scott's of the world. I had the Stephen A. Smith's of the world. I've had, you know, a lot of these people who, Gus Johnson, you know, mm-hmm. people that weren't, you know, the Brian Gumbel sort of like today on CNN type of guy, but yeah. they can they can hit you with facts. They can hit you and be as prepared as anybody and be great at what they do, but speak to people that look like me and talk like me and you know understand where we're coming from so i knew that there were certain boxes i had to check off before Mm -hmm. i can get to where i eventually want to be at where which is oh that's not kaz from slam or kaz from revolt that's just kaz you know what i mean so that's always kind of been my my goal whereas you know people will listen to you if you're at 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 a a great company Mm -hmm. but you know, I want people to listen to me for me. And, you know, and a lot of times it's, that's a lot harder for people to digest. So if I got to do a couple stops at a couple of places and and show that I'm, I'm really good at what I do and this is, I'm I'm nothing to play around with, then I'll do that. You know? So that, that's always kind of been my, my main focus when it comes to that. Yeah. I think we're very similar in that way. Uh, I just had like a Zoom meeting recently, just kind of like threw it out there on Twitter. And I was like, anyone wants to sign up? Like, because I've gotten myself to this weird point where like, I think through a combination of unapologetically being myself, being honest, being open and just being available, like being available Mm -hmm. via DM for people and stuff like people 
added for some reason recently value my opinion now. So I'm like, you know what, let me do one of these Zoom meetings. And like my one word of advice that I just really, like my main point that I tried to get across is like, it's difficult to unapologetically be yourself. It really is. Like it, it, it is. Really like is. you're going to get so much more backlash than positivity. It's so much easier to stay quiet. But at the end of the day, the people who end up riding with you through that are so much more committed than people who just come and go because of a place that you work at or because of one specific thing you did or because you decided to live tweet one specific event. Like the people who, who ride with you because of you, I found that now. Like I, even when I had, I don't have a large number of Twitter followers. I mean, I have a considerable amount now, like almost 17,000. But even when I had 2,000, I knew I had those 250, 300 people who were going to click on everything I did and who were going to support me because they like me. They didn't really right. care what the product was. Right. And that's how I've kind of always viewed people in the industry. I, people connect with individuals. They don't connect with brands. They do sometimes connect with brands. Like the XFL is a good example. I mean, people yeah. love XFL. Did a great job the XFL. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and like, I think people identify with the XFL as a brand more than any other brand I've seen. WWE is similar, but mm. people loved like, just like the league. But I bring this point up all the time. Rob Lowe wore an NFL hat and people clown where it became a meme because it was just so unfamiliar and strange that someone would just like ride with the NFL. But we didn't deal with that at the XFL. So that's kind of what I've been trying to do with my personal brand, which is a term I hate, but it's really the only one that applies. It's, it's the you only one I mean? that's, that's yeah, applicable. Yeah, and I yeah. hate it. Like, I yeah. hate it. I'm trying to find something else out. But that's my main advice that I – and what I'm trying to do with this podcast, like what I'm just having open conversations, what I'm trying to do with everyone is just express, like, end of the day, if you're not being yourself, people are going to see that and they're not going to like it. So, like, do I, do I say every thought that comes into my head on Twitter? No, I say a lot of them, and I probably shouldn't. Mm -hmm. But yeah. at the end of the day, same, I, like, same. yeah, <laughs> and like that, I think that's a large part of the reason that I'm now headed to bar stools because they do put a large emphasis on the individual. And they do, like, I've been at some places and worked at some places where they kind of want the brand to speak for itself. And like, I want to speak for myself. That's something right. I want to do. And that's something that's always been appealing to me. And I think you embody that big time too. Like you go out there and you tweet your opinions. Um, and I just, I respect the hell out of that. It's something I've kind of modeled a lot of what I do after that. So I appreciate it just personally. I appreciate that too, man. <laughs> and, and, and you spoke a lot of like valid points too, because Thank you. you notice that uh, in, with a lot of brands, man, like, and a lot of people, you always kind of notice that once you make that one big mistake, you're, you're, you're done. You know what Unzel. I'm saying? Like if you, yeah. if you speak out of turn, if you get out of line, if you do something that doesn't know the group thing, that everybody that you have based your audience around thinks mm -hmm. you know you will lose that audience and lose probably more than that but yeah. one thing I could always pride myself on is being like dude like I'm me man like I, I don't want to speak for everybody I don't want to and, and granted they that may uh withhold me back from certain opportunities mm -hmm. that certain people may jump at but yeah. at the same time I'm just like you know what I know I've been in those positions where I've had those you know opportunities that people would jump at and yeah. granted it, it there's a lot to like about it. At the same time, you want to be able to be like, you know what, man, like I ain't happiness, man. Especially if there's anything this whole quarantine and social distancing yeah. thing has, has taught you is that like, yo, happiness is such a premium for what you do, oh, you know? Yeah. And if you're at a point where, you know, like if you know where you're going to get out of me, I'm going to talk about wrestling. I'm going to talk about yeah. hoops. I'm going to talk yeah. about myself, my personal life. Like, yeah. and I'm not necessarily going to drag you. Like I always try and find the silver lining in whatever thing that somebody may have an opinion on. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I feel yeah. like nothing. 
world is black and white. I feel like the world is a big, big shade of gray. And, you know, to ask people to stay on one side or stay on the other side, it is, I mean, shit, you got to give me a whole bunch of, 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 of context clues for me to really even understand where you're coming from. And even then yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I could see why he would mean that. I feel like I want to, I want to empathize with people. I don't uh -huh. have to like understand you, but yeah. like, I feel like people are just so complicated that to just mm -hmm. dumb it down to everything being so black and white just doesn't really vibe. It's no me good for anyone. That. And it does no good for anyone, honestly. Like, yeah. and that's the thing I've never wanted to, I've never wanted to like exist in an echo chamber. I've never wanted to like, I, I want to, I take, I take like, I get DMS all the time. People saying mean stuff saying this and like, I like, I do like, I appreciate it. So to kind of like pivot, talk a little bit more about like Twitter specific, are you more of a Twitter guy? Would you say than anything Definitely else? Definitely more of a Twitter guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Same. I'm, trying, I'm trying to get my IG game up, but Twitter's, Instagram's Twitter's hard. I'm not good. I'm not good looking enough and I'm not entertaining. Yeah. My day to day is not entertaining enough. So I just don't make the cut. You know what I mean? Like I don't make the IG cut and I will say, and too, I hate hashtags. Is, <laughs> I, feel like I hate Hashtag, I feel like such a like it pay, it physically pains me like yeah. to have to like I use the the hashtag the last dance hashtag every Sunday now and like I hate it like I hate uh, having to use it but I, I like get I just, the engagement I understand yeah the why. serotonin flow I need the likes um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um how so uh, to pivot to kind of talk about the last dance and stuff like how what has it been like to you because you're you're a live tweeter you're a sports guy you talk about live tweeting events and stuff like that for everyone to be on Twitter at the same time talking about the same thing again, has it been the mood boost for you that it has been for me? Cause like, it really has like, like I did, it was a piece of me. I didn't know I was missing until it was back, you know? Yeah. I mean, 1000%, dude. Like, I feel like, uh, like I said, if, if there's a, anything I've learned from this entire quarantine deal mm -hmm. is I didn't realize how much I really value people to people connection and yeah. I feel like this is the closest thing we're going to get to it and I feel like this is so special because you know Michael Jordan's bigger than basketball he's yeah. literally a slice of Americana and mm -hmm. now we're kind of like getting this we're all experiencing like this new side of this guy that we all grew up with yeah. at the same time and um, on top of that we're all at the same time using him again to escape from the craziness of the world it's almost yeah. like I don't know if you ever seen like Dave Chappelle stand up. He's like, you ever notice when shit is going crazy in the world? You know that Michael Jackson just jerks off another kid. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. the government goes up yeah. to Michael. Is like, we're gonna need you to jerk off another kid, Mike. You know, it's just yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and I kind of feel like that's how Michael Jordan is for us. Like whenever uh -huh. like the world is going crazy and like we just need a big distraction. Like that was Mike for us growing up, mm -hmm. and uh, and just basketball in general. And now. We're at a point where not only are we talking about the documentary and the way it's shot, we're, we're talking about everything about it. We're talking about the soundtrack. We're talking about the sneakers. We're talking about the way it's shot. We're talking about the people reacting to it. We're talking mm -hmm. about the the cameos. We're talking about the little everything. And it's just everything. like by the time you're, you're, you've exhausted those two episodes worth of content from Sunday night, it's already Friday and Saturday and you're getting ready for the next episode. Absolutely. And it's like, wow, man, you, this is really actually getting me through. Like I didn't even realize it was May until yesterday. And I yeah. was like, oh yeah. man, like April just kind of flew by. Like, uh -huh. you know, so, um, yeah, I mean, and on top of that, the, the whole Twitter watch along experience is something, you know, very, very unique and specific, especially if you're good at it. Right. Yeah. Like there's certain things that, you know, people react to, and there's certain things that you know 
once you say it and you get that feeling that, you know, people, one thing I really appreciate is knowing that we're all not different at all. Right, yeah. like yeah, uh, everyone's exactly yeah. the same. You ever see yeah. like you ever see like an old meme about like something like super insignificant, like, and you just realize like, wow, we all really had the same child. We all live the same. Yeah. I, tw- I tweeted the other day about like because uh, my air conditioner wasn't working, so we was like sticking my wall, my legs to the wall to try to cool off when I'm trying to sleep, and everyone's like, oh my god, I thought I was the only person doing this. I'm like, man, that was my air conditioning growing up. Like just like stuff like that that you realize that you thought, and like yeah. I think. I think that kind of slashes some insecurities that we all deal with too. When you realize everyone else was living the same because it's good things. It's bad things. It's like, wow, I, how it's crazy to understand that we feel the exact same way about incredibly specific things for people. You grew up vastly different than in different situations. It's the best. And, and I think you're right. right. It it is showing us that it's showing us that. And and it speaks to your earlier point about people connecting to people more than brands, man. And just yeah. knowing that, like, wow, we're all not that different. Like, we're all looking at Michael Jordan. That, we pictured Michael Jordan as this perfect being, this perfect mm-hmm. role model, and be like Mike and all this type of stuff. And now I like him even more knowing the human part of him. Oh, yeah. Just knowing all the craziness he was dealing with and just how he carried himself. And even at the time where, you know, he was – bigger than like the color blue like he, yeah, was, yeah. he was everything and he was just at the end of the day he was just a regular dude who liked to gamble and was just really good at basketball and drink yeah. and yeah. drink beers and smoke cigars and i'm just like man this i'm so glad i'm seeing this like right now i probably wouldn't yeah. be able to handle it as like a 10 or 11 or 12 year old uh-huh. but now i'm just like oh wow yes thank you there it is impossible to live up to that certain standard that not mike yeah put on us but like you know it's it's the media it's the world that we live in oh, yeah. it's like we always need to find that perfect gleaming uh example of perfection and you know knowing that like not even perfect mj was perfect like yep. that's just like oh thank god finally yeah helps helps me sleep better at night to be honest. yeah i know it does and the fact that he allowed us to see this and he released the tapes <laughs> allowed us to actually yes, see this yes, i think helps a lot yeah, because I think that says a lot about him, too. And now that I feel like I'm getting to know him a little bit better, like it says a lot that he was like, you know what, screw it. Because he didn't seem like much of a, you know what, screw it guy. So him yeah. just being like, you know what, F it, let, let's go. Let's go and then see how people are reacting. Um, so talk more about Twitter. How good did it feel, honestly, when you just got the at name, just at Kazim? That had to have felt great. <laughs> like, it's such a, like, it's such a trivial, dumb little thing. But I know myself, like, I'm lucky to have my first and last name. I actually got blocked by at Bailey because I just was really? tweeting her. I was tweeting her over and over again, and eventually she just blocked me. I can't blame her. Um, but, it's, like, it's how, not how good did that feel? <laughs> it's not trivial at all. It is, yeah. it's, it is such a, it is such a flex. It's the Twitter. best. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, yeah. I, you are the Kazim on, on Twitter uh-huh. and Instagram. Uh, yeah. Shout out to my guy, Koza, man. Koza, uh, he was a lead singer of a great band called Andy Suzuki and the Method. Well, not lead singer, uh-huh. drummer. And uh, he works at BET Digital. So, you know, when he's doing all of these uh, social media stuff for, you know, you get into these certain rooms with a lot of uh, great talents and you need to have verification from people so um he knew somebody who knew somebody who was like hey you want you want kazim as an ad i was like i kind of just want kaz but i'll settle for kazim yeah, and yeah. i used to i used to <laughs> harass the hell out of the person who owned the kaz account yeah and i guess it turns out he's like some like philanthropist or something like that and yeah, you know, he's, uh, yeah. he wasn't giving it up but no, uh, no. <laughs> 
Azim definitely helps. A not lot. that we would have, not that we would ever exchange monetary value for at names because that's not allowed. That would never no, happen. No, we would yeah, never do yeah, that. Yeah, I have no, no idea. No. Not not in yeah. this world. Not in this. Bro, economy. we didn't even we didn't even have the X. <laughs> we didn't even have the XFL name. It was just some dude in France who really? had the XFL name. Yeah, and this is. I'll, I'll talk about it. I don't know if yeah, I'll talk about it, but I'll talk about it. There, yeah, yeah. Who's going to – we're bankrupt. The league's bankrupt. <laughs> but <laughs> I know for a fact there was a – there was a very large, like, close to six-figure sum offered to this guy, and he said no, and that he was looking for more money. And you talk about fumbling a bag. Now that the XFL is wow. not around anymore, could you imagine wow. what that guy feels like? And who knows? Maybe it's just some French dude. Who, like, yeah. who just has like at XFL, but he he just wasn't giving it up, and he was playing hardball. I imagine he's got to be kicking himself right now. Because well, goddamn, like, like tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, like, I mean, at on. this point, I mean, shoot, now I got to go and look at the guy's page and see what the hell he's doing with X Xavier F. Lepard. Yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like just t- so not worth it, man. Like, yeah, it wasn't worth, worth it at all. What well, you're I'm a sucker. Yeah, I'm like, right, someone could offer me $500 right now for anything big. Are you kidding me? Yeah, have it. It's a name. Dude, um, but could, I'd also yeah. pay that much money to have just at Bailey, if we're being honest. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. So first of all, I want to thank you on, on here. Not first of all, 12th of all, for, wear, <laughs> for wearing that J.R. Henny shirt on Essence that one time for us. Because like, you have no idea us. Like We were just like a bunch of – and now – it's been kind of crazy. Like the Knicks wall started as kind of like this rinky dink random thing, but it did. I'm, my friend Kyle, Kyle works over at whistle sports now in social. My friend Matt works over at SNY and social now. And like Knicks wall did become like a relatively prominent thing, especially yes. in the Knicks space. So thank you for wearing that shirt. Cause that was one of our first moments. Like I remember in our like WhatsApp group, we had like, Oh my God, he's actually going to wear it. He's going to wear it. So <laughs> that was, that was huge for us. So thank you. First of all. And like, I find it funny now too. And I feel like you do a lot of this and I'm trying to do a lot of this. Like it's crazy how such a small thing like that can go such a long way, you know? And I feel like you've kind of carved out a space of helping people out. I mean, you're helping me out by coming on this pod and doing stuff <laughs> like that. So like how many uh, multi-part question here, like how big a tool has social media been for you and like connecting with people again? Like, I feel like I know you and we've never met. We only know right. each other through social. I, that's been right. the case. I had uh, Mike Golick Jr. on last week and same case with him. I feel like, so how much of a tool, like outside of, you know, getting funny tweets off, engaging, making memes, like how much of like an actual connection tools, Twitter and social media have been for you? Because for me, it's been everything. It's the only reason I have anything I have now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's something that I always used for networking and, uh, you know, kind of telling my mom for a long time, like, oh, no, I really need to tweet these things because, you know, people yeah. are watching and you never know. And da, 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 da. Uh-huh. it's really good to now kind of see like the gratification of, yeah. you know, 10 years later, seeing just how big and how important social media is to the yeah. fact that, you know, they could swing an entire election. We don't, we're not even going to get yeah. into that shit. But, really, but, but, um, yes. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, like, you know, I'll tell you this, like, um, there's just so many people that I, I have met through twitter and instagram and all types of social media and, and just knowing that like knowing that it's a two-edged sword for one and, and yep. to never get too comfortable with it but you know for all of that you know weird underbelly of negativity that social media has there's so much positivity that comes from it and really, anytime yes. like we always have those days where where certain things are, are are being talked about or said or you know you put something out and and nobody likes or nobody's fuck with it or, or you know, there's always that. There's always those weird and 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 bitter parts of social media that's always going to yeah, be everywhere. Of course, that's just 
on Twitter. But the positivity that comes from it just happens to be just so much more gratifying to me because like you said, there's certain people that I've literally never met or wouldn't have met if it wasn't for Twitter because, you know, at the end of the day, like, yeah, you're following people. You're not really following them. But, you know, there's a certain part in the back of your head where you're like, yo, man, like I'm rooting for that guy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know him, but like from what Uh I see from him, I'm like, I like that guy. I'm rooting for him. I'm hoping he's That's like kind of like with you where I was like, I saw the whole XFL thing and like we're both like kind of wrestling fans too and Nick fans and like, Uh you know, I may not know everything about him, but like I'm rooting for the guy. And, you know, when I I see you kind of bounce back, not even like (laughs) 24 hours later after the whole XFL thing happened, I was like, man, that's that's I'm happy for him. I'm happy for that. Thank you. Thank you. You know, well, and I think I a big part of that is like is be is like I like to think at least is the open and honest thing. And I feel like I try to give people a look into the real me because I don't use like I use like my real life to hide. I use social media to like get out there. You know what right, I mean? So I right. think that is like I, it's been such an incredibly valuable tool to me in a way that like like my fraternity. I was in a fraternity in college, and like yeah. my nickname in my fraternity was hashtag because like I tweeted so much, <laughs> and like I had three hundred followers. I I wasn't doing like any good, but like. Uh, those years of just like getting comfortable finding my voice because people talk so much about writing voice I could pick up a sports illustrated tomorrow and know what pretty much what person wrote what just based on their voice and I think people don't realize like that very much exists on Twitter too and it's like finding that voice kind of uh talking to my friend Max who works at overtime the other day uh on that zoom call and he said it's like finding your tribe and like finding your group and I think once you're able to do that and I mean, I'm trying to find as big a tribe as possible, but like, I know for a fact, the only reason I got a job so quickly is because some people said some really nice stuff about me on Twitter. And then other people saw like, I like specifically like Katie Nolan quote, like the amount of emails I got saying, Hey, saw Katie Nolan's tweet about you. Like, and I was like, like I texted her and was like, thank you so much. Like you have no idea, (laughs) but like as, as dumb and I use the word trivial and silly and goofy as it is, I think it's one of the most powerful tools any of us are dealing with right now. So like, I just think people like people who aren't on Twitter, like, who are trying to like make it in our field or who aren't active. Like, I just don't think they'll ever know the disservice they're doing to themselves. you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and you look at the world now where everything is digital and, and, and you can't be around people and it's just like, wow, how different would both of our lives be if this global pandemic happens and the economy right. literally shuts down and we had nothing. Now everybody is scrambling to figure out digital and it doesn't, yeah. Doesn't have to be Twitter, but like if it's Twitch for you, if it's YouTube, if uh-huh. it's you know Instagram, if it's Snapchat, whatever it is, whatever you have that you know that you find your tribe with, like there's no way you could be functioning at this point if you know, know. you haven't figured out digital right now, yeah. you know, and and it's crazy to seem that like five or ten years, well, ten years ago it was kind of like seen like a passing fad, and it's like oh man, you're, it's not real, like Twitter's not real life, like you know it's. That was the running, you know, gag on, on Twitter uh-huh. for a long time. I was like, you know, Twitter's not real life. And for the most part, you're right. It's not. But mm-hmm. it is an extremely valuable tool to, that, to use to connect. And, you know, if you're saying, like, telecommunication isn't real life. You're saying, yeah. like, you know, being with people isn't real life. Like, no, uh-huh. it's just another form of reaching people and touching people and communicating. And being present. Yeah, just and being, being present. present. That's yeah, it. Being present. That's it. And and one more thing for the uh, uh-huh. the, the J.R. Smith shirt, man. Like I just yeah. <laughs> remember, uh, you know, it is an absolute like. I just love supporting, you know, like t-shirt brands and merch brands and yeah. like stuff that just like speaks to me because you know, obviously, you're never gonna get like you know the official merch that you want from like uh-huh. your fans and so. Or, yeah. or, you know, I'm a huge Knicks fan and I'm a uh-huh. huge J.R. Smith fan and. I played even played against J.R. Smith in high school and you know hung out with him great guy and you know it's 
And, the, and it's funny because he doesn't even like Hennessy. Like, it, I don't even know where that rumor came from. But, yeah, like, yeah. it was just a fun story to run with. And uh-huh. uh, the shirt was dope and nice and comfortable and soft. So I was like, you know what? They and usually T-Pu- when T-Pu- like- T-Public does good with their, their uh, thread count sheets. Whatever it is, their, their blends, their <laughs> cotton blends, too. Shout out T-Public for that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, when you do, like, those, those, like, panel shows where you only get, like, a couple of minutes to say something, like, yeah. sure, they'll remember what you say, but they'll always remember what you wear. So yeah. it's like I yeah. made sure that I was like, you know, you, you got to make a statement with your graphic tee or your outfit. Uh-huh. I was so glad to, to that that helped you as much as that helped me. Yeah, thank you. Um, all right, man. Well, that's it. So what do you want? What do you want to plug? What do you have going on right now? What do you have coming up? Say less with Kaz each and every day on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, YouTube.com slash Kazim. If you want to watch the interviews live and in living color. Uh, everybody stay safe, everybody stay warm, everybody wash your hands, clean your ass. Uh, <laughs> Bailey, thank you so much, man. This was fun. Thank you, man. Now moving on to the random Twitter follower section of the pod with Sam. First question, I guess, is you want to just like introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm Sam. I am a recent grad from the University of Florida, currently finishing up an internship with ESPN in Charlotte. All right. And um, I'm going to be unemployed on Friday. So it's going great. There you go. Well, welcome. Welcome almost to unemployment gang, because I am currently a member of that uh, I for the first time in my life. So it's definitely, definitely interesting. So, uh, you know, we'll start with that. So like, how are you feeling about everything? Obviously, this is like, not the best time in the world to be finishing up an internship and trying to like get into the real world. So how are you feeling about that? Yeah, definitely not the best. I think I feel a little bit better than a lot of my friends that are getting ready to graduate because I had my uh-huh. foot in the door, like worked with ESPN, dream internship. Uh, but moving forward, it's really frustrating because everything mm-hmm. is so unknown. Wanting to work in sports media, very yeah. unknown with all the hiring holds and all that. And when are sports going to come back and are they going to need more people? Absolutely. It's frustrating but hanging in there. So what exactly have you been doing with your internship? I was a production intern. So I was cutting video footage for softball games. I was specified on softball and like creating SOTs and VOs and anything you can think of for the softball games that happened prior to the shutdowns. There you go. And were you a, were you like, did you play softball? Were you a softball fan before that? Or is that, was that new to you? That was was completely new to me. Um, so I was basically a production assistant, which just didn't get paid as much. But yeah, yeah. softball was completely <laughs> new to me. I played field hockey growing up okay. and was not completely familiar with softball. University of Florida is great at softball, and I never went to a game, which did not reflect okay. best on me. But yeah, no, I think I think that's like the experience with everyone in college. Like I I didn't go to a big school. Like I didn't go to a big school like University of Florida. But for yeah. example. And this is definitely like not a great thing, but like our, like I went to SUNY Plattsburgh and our women's hockey team won four national championships in the four years I was there. And I only went to one or two games and I was the sports editor of my school newspaper. So it's, I mean, it's tough. I feel like once you're in the, yeah. in the swing of things and you have your own routines, it's kind of tough to, to break that and get out to like a softball game or a hockey game, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so is that the kind of field like you want to be in? Is that like your dream job in the production side? Do you want to be more in the digital side? Like what's up? What are you, what are you looking to you do know, ideally? That's a great question. Yeah. Someone's um, going to ask you that at your first interview. So get ready. I'll, I'll help you out here. We could use this as like a trial interview for you. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. If you're listening to this, please uh, employ me. Yeah. I would <laughs> love to go into producing or directing. So still okay. just trying to figure that out and 
starting in a production assistant position is a great opportunity to just learn the different entities in a mm -hmm. company. I used to want to go on air, but then I really fell in love with like the whys of media. And so mm -hmm. focusing more on that. So yeah, I would love to be a producer or director. So like what was your, I think this is a good question because this, I, I like to ask kind of like, I've chatted with some like recent grads and people in school yeah. and stuff like that. So what's your favorite thing that you worked on when you were in college? Like what was your favorite project you worked on? Oh, yeah, like I did, I've did a lot of projects in college. <laughs> um, I got the opportunity to work with SCC Nation cool. and College Game Day a couple of times and probably just being on a set and like seeing how things ran out in the real world rather than just like the bubble of Gainesville was really mm -hmm. enlightening to me. So that was probably my favorite thing. Um, I took a class on sports media and, okay. and all that, yeah. Very cool. So if you, who's, uh, who's like one person kind of like in the field, a journal in the journalism field that you kind of like really look up to? Um, I would probably say like from a reporting side mm -hmm. would be Laura Rutledge. Okay. I've gotten the chance to have multiple conversations with her and she's like, just so like oriented into knowing who you are as a human rather Very than cool. like where just like rather than where you're taking her or but like wanting to know like where you want to go very cool um and okay so do you have any sort of questions for me anything you'd like me to answer when we're on here again like i with this section of the podcast i i am still figuring it out as we go here and just kind of throwing it all over the place so any questions for me you think i could answer uh, yeah do you all just right. have like a plethora of memes and your camera roll like oh yeah if, i just Let feel me like see. The camera roll is just like memes like I, yeah, yeah, yeah it is. So, you're just like always ready and it's really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to be quick. So like, I definitely, I'm trying to think, I know this isn't a visual medium. This is a podcast. So you're just, no one can, I'm just going to no fill the, fill the void with me speaking here. I'm trying to find right. my folder. Cause I had like my specific kind of template folder for XFL memes. Right. So I had that and that is 3037 pictures there, so uh -huh. i have those are like some of them are completed some of them are, yeah but no i mean anytime i follow like a dozen like reaction meme twitter accounts or reaction meme instagram accounts that's just like the best you could do and subscribe or whatever it is on like right. reddit on there and then just save them all and then i think now like i forget who i was saying this to someone i was talking to uh might have been on the podcast might have just been in general like my brain at this point just thinks in memes like when something mm -hmm. happens like Whenever, like when I was in journalism school, I wanted to be like a writer. Like I wanted to be like the real like journalist yeah. and I'm not that anymore. But like, I would like see something and be like, what's the best way to approach this story? Or what's the coolest way that I could like frame this? Or who would I want to interview? And now it's just like, what meme format or template does this work the best in? So that's pretty much, pretty much how my brain functions at this point. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Really All right. So just think maybe there's like, we have not that many listeners on this show but we've some uh if you had to if you had to sell yourself because who knows maybe your future employer is listening to this right now so if you had to sell yourself like why not knowing what the job is who this person is what it entails why would you be a good person to hire sam i would be a terrific person to hire for any media uh, any position because I'm outgoing, energetic, and driven. I like just focus on a project that I'm given, but I also can like see what's going on around me and how can this impact X, Y, and Z and really understanding the whys 
of what we're putting out is something where my brain just like clicks a little bit differently. And so I can just get it done and get it done correctly for you. And if something isn't right, I'm going to ask questions and I want to know how to learn and how to succeed farther. There you and go. I graduated I, from there, a top I, 10 public university pretty, with honors. There you go. Top 10 public university. Nothing wrong with that. Um, that was good. That was better than I've answered any question in any interview I've ever had. So I'm impressed. Um, I'm having a yeah. lot of interviews. So I, uh, yeah, really, there you go. So I you're well versed. Down to a little bit. There you go. Um, all right. Well, that's pretty much as much time as I had allotted. So was that good? Anything else you want to say before we head out? Or was that where, what's your at name on Twitter? Where can people follow you on Twitter? At Sam Shells, S-A-M-S-H-E-L-L-Z. Okay. Uh, yeah. Follow me on any social media platform with that handle. <laughs> all right. There you go. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. That's all we got for today. We're still chugging. Going to be back next week with another illustrious guest. Thank you so much to Kaz and Sam for coming on. And rate, subscribe, review, whatever you want to do. Help me out. I appreciate it. See you soon.